0: Welcome back to another episode of Help from the Line podcast, where we get real about mental health in the fire service and public safety. Our goal? To change the status quo, one conversation at a time. Uh, uh. Welcome back to another episode. Tonight's episode, After the Last Call. So... For those of you who have followed our social media, that follow me on Instagram, that follow me on Facebook, you know, whether it be the Help from the Line account or my personal accounts, you all have probably seen this week that I took a huge step in my life and in my future. And I resigned from the volunteer fire department that I've worked for for the past 10 years. This was a huge step. For me to make, and you know, it just came a lot out of some some life changes that I have going on. You know, I'm coming up in the last little bit of, of nursing school and finishing my career. You know, my my family is is growing. My kids, are, you know, are now five and two, and I want to be able to spend a bit more time with them. And you know that it was just something that I felt. Uh, Needed to be made, that a change needed to be made. And just that at this point in time in my life, that now was the uh, most optimal opportunity for me to step away from the fire service for a bit and be able to really, really focus on what I have going on, to be able to focus on, you know, family and finishing school and spending some time with friends and really also dedicating some more time back into the podcast. This was something that took me a really long time to really, you know, figure out which way I wanted to go with this and really what I wanted to do. Did I just want to pull back on how much I was running uh, or, you know, did I really just need to take that plunge, make the next move and move on to the next adventure? So that was just something that I, I decided was time. And I have a lot of mixed emotions about everything that's going on, you know, about uh, uh, how my resignation was received and perceived, and you know, just just everything that happened with it. And later in the episode, you know, we'll get into that. This was a choice that I didn't really foresee me, you know, ten years in making. I, you know, I figured that I'd I'd be one of those guys that you know worked for. The volunteer house for you know 30 years and uh, but listen I, I have a ton of new opportunities that that are really coming up I'm super excited about putting some more time back into this podcast and we're gonna have some fun and we're really gonna gonna hash out this the stigma change. Because that's what we need. We got to change that status quo, which has really, you know, become the, the motto for the show. Change the status quo. So, you know, going back 10 years to when I started this adventure, this incredible adventure that, I, that I've been able to have. And we've talked about some good calls. We've talked about some bad calls. And let's kind of reflect on that. You know, we're talking about after the last call and after everything's said and done, you know, what happens the first thing that happens is reflection you go back and you you reflect on the time that you spent in the service you know in public safety and everything that you've done everything that you've accomplished and all the the good and bad times you've had you really do you you go back and you you reflect on this and you you sit and you you relive these good calls and you relive bad calls and everything in between you know so here's some of the things that that i kind of relived you know i remember my first ever first ever ems call uh this is when i was still in school you know my my very first call was responding right up the street from the station just for an elderly male general illness and i remember you know, the department had just gotten a, like a demo power cut and we really didn't know how to use it. Even the guys that were working didn't really even know how to use it. They knew that it went up and down and that it was super heavy and, and that was it. And I remember, you know, taking it up on this guy's front porch and taking it into his house and getting him loaded up, you know, on this thing inside the house. <laughs> and I remember, you know, at that point I, I thought to myself, geez, i you know once i'm out here on my own i don't really think that i want to take this cot into anyone's house because of how heavy it is and these cuts are strikers so they're not the ferno that have like the crawling legs that can go up and downstairs these are just the striker up down carriage it was a pain you know so I, so i sit back and you know and i and i obviously think about those and i that was my very first day and it was rainy that day and you know it, it it was a good day still it was a good day uh you know so in uh, also in town every year we have what is known as the sleepwalker it's like uh, like the town's festival and this is something else that i you know that i was able to sit down and, and reflect back on every year so every year for for 10 years i have worked the festival schedule So, you know, it's a weekend. It's like Friday, Saturday. You know, it ends on Sunday night. Uh, Really, it starts on Thursday. So it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And it it might end on Saturday night. Anyway, (laughs) I just know that it's it's about five days of hell and three days of actual festival. So what goes on with this is, you know, you spend a bunch of days leading up to it getting ready. Uh, You know, there's another organization in the city that does help uh, actually putting on the festival but you know the the parade is thursday night the fire department takes a huge role in the parade and then i was also you know uh, ems so medical and you know we take a lot a lot of uh, a lot of the front and in, in making sure that you know medical services are there that we have a gator to ride through the crowd on uh you know radios are, are established and passed out and, and that every you know every aspect of this is going to be covered So, you know, I worked this even prior to becoming a captain. I always, you know, worked on the schedule on on these nights and I always had a blast with it. It's always a ton of fun. Unfortunately, the fire department gets roped into doing a lot more than anyone else, um, which is completely fine. You know, we're all there to help. So we help the civic organizations that, you know, are in setting up. So we set up the stage. We help put vendors where they're supposed to go. Um, you know, we do all the parade lineup, and then Saturday night we or yeah Saturday night, um, whatever night it ends, we do all the teardown, and so you so you know this becomes an extremely extremely busy uh, you know a few days for anybody that is on the schedule that is working this, and it was a blast. You know, no matter what, it was still always a blast. So you know, coming up into the fire department merging in 2018, you know, my last year uh, of running it just, just with EMS, so it would have been 2017. Um, I spent five days at the station, never left uh, as, the, as a captain in EMS. I did a lot of the logistics planning for the event and making sure that everything was set. I spent five days there. My little brother was there just about the entire time that I was. And then like the last three days, my wife was there also, um, you know, helping with everything. You know, so we were spending days and days and days at the station, making sure that all of this stuff was set up. And it was one of the biggest pains in the ass of my career. I still wouldn't change it for anything. It just, it was a lot, a lot, a lot to do. But we made it through it as we did every year. And, you know, notoriously, there was always these horrible calls that came in while, you know, either at the festival itself or, you know, somewhere else in our response area. And it was always a horrible call. Uh, You know, that year, that last year that, you know, I was really, really involved in it. You know, I remember getting two EMS calls at the exact same time, taking both of our ambulances, which were both at the festival. Uh, And, you know, myself and the chief, we took a mutual aid call for a car accident that was out in the township. And, you know, my wife and a couple other guys ended up taking, I don't even know what the call was for now, but, you know, somewhere else in the city and nothing skipped a beat. We all knew what we were going to do. We all went and did it. And that's exactly the way things should work. Even when everything is going crazy because of a festival that you have going on. And, you know, it was, it was great, you know, so then besides all the good stuff that went on and, and we've, like I said, you know, go back to some of the previous episodes, I talk about a ton of good stuff that happened because there was in 10 years, there's a lot of good things that happened, whether it's sitting on the bumper of the truck talking, you know, being involved in everything that's going on, you know, even though a lot of us dread it, pancake breakfast, you know, they were fun. You got to hang out with the guys you know, cook breakfast for a ton of people. Usually, we had a, a ton of people walking through the door. We, you know, we would always sell out of something. We'd always be sending people down to the store to get more stuff. It's a cluster, ton of fun. So, but you know, then we, you got it. You got you still have to take a turn and reflect on the bad calls that you have. What affected me the most in in my career, if you guys are avid listeners. You know what my worst call was. Episode 7 talks about the worst call. But, you know, there were others. And at the time, you you know, you don't really think that they affected you the way that they did. You know, I still vividly remember my first DOA. It was nothing dramatic, but, you know, it was a DOA. You know, I've been on multiple car accident DOA calls just a few months ago. Car accident, you know we get we get toned out to a rollover MBA uh, with CPR in progress, and I show up on scene in the first uh, do engine, and I you know I went to school with the girl. She was a couple years behind me, but I still knew who she was. That's hard, you know. Let's let's rewind. You know, about a month before that, and and we get an MBA, you know, out in the township with one DOA and one pin and we worked hard for, for the guy in the pin, you know, so here's, here's a call that's kind of good and bad. I get there once again, first do engine. I was the operator. I drove out. I ended up being the first one in the car with the guy got, you know, I started an IV, blah, blah, blah. And he lived, you know, we worked hard, caught in life light. Every, everything went super well. Still a bad call but it's not every bad call that just scars you into having this, you know, massive depressive mental health problem. Not at all. So, what do these, you know, bad calls do? So for me personally, these, you know, more more tougher calls that I've had throughout my career made me better at my job. It made me a better clinician. It made me a better provider. It made me better at talking to people. They, you know, they, they really helped me out to where I am today and they've, they've pushed me forward, you know, to where the next time that I see something that's like this, you know, or like something that I had experienced, I can play off of, you know, what I have done and, you know, Oh, Hey, I've seen this before. This is what's going on. And. Those are just things that we have to do, you know, and when we're reflecting back, don't look at every bad call. as just something that was super bad. You know, that they, they really may have done something good for you. You know, another thing that I got to reflect back on was all the training that I was able to do. You know, now, yes, I did a lot of stuff when I was a full-time guy. I was able to really increase my training there. You know, that's where I got my confined space and my high angle, you know, and some advancement on hazmat stuff. You know, I was able to do a lot of that. But with this department, you know, with my volunteer department, you know, they sent me for my fire card. I put myself through EMT school. They sent me for my hazmat technician. You know, I went to leadership classes, I got my fire officer one. I got all my NIMS stuff. My NIMS three and four hundred, you know, that are long, horrible classes. You know, I got those. I got, you know, just a ton of increased training because of these guys. And it was a blast. I had a ton, you know, of fun, no matter what training class I went to. Training is all about bettering yourself, bettering the people around you, being able to work with the people around you to really expand on everyone's knowledge, being able to share information with one another. It's great. Anytime in the fire service, whether you're volunteer full-time, anytime that you get the chance to go increase your training, do it. Because at the end of the day, you might not really realize how much information you are actually going to get out of these training sessions. And it's not always just going to be from the instructor that's teaching them. Listen to the guys around you. Listen to them sharing their personal experiences, talking back and forth about, you know, hey, I've been able to do this and this, or my department, you know, would look at that situation and do this. Or, hey, guys, let's think outside of the box. Has anyone really thought about doing this? And those are things that where really you sit there and you, you, you really play into this brainstorming session that you're able to have with these guys that are from all different facets of life. They're all from different departments. You know, when you are able to sit and have these conversations with them, think about how much information you are actually pulling out of this. So let me go back to my Fire Officer 1 class. So I took this class with the chief of the department. Uh, We took it at Akron Fires uh, training facility. And, you know, so there was a a chief and I think three of his captains from another department that's in the county uh, but that we don't work with because of the distance. Uh, There was, you know, two people from, you know, another department that actually, to even tell you now, I don't even know where it is. And then, you know, there were Akron guys. And, you know, I I never really, the first couple classes, I didn't really put much thought towards the conversations that we were having between the guys that were sitting in this classroom that didn't really have to do with what the instructor necessarily was talking about. The instructor would throw up a general topic. From there... We would start conversations about, well, hey, here's how we would handle this. You know, so one of the things that we talked about was short staffing and how to handle a house fire in short staffing. And, you know, one of the guys said, Well, at my department, you know, we get there, we set the pump, and you know, we'll use a hose line until we're out of water and then we, you know, we pretty much wait. And, you know, when you're spraying an inch and three quarter with so much water, you're not really getting the volume that you need to necessarily put out a fire. You know, so we started talking to them about, well, you know, if we are short in manpower, depending on the fire, we're going to go up and we're going to pull up. We're going to pull right up front. You know, we're going to dump the deck gun at this fire because that gives us volume. It gives you quick volume. Uh, and, And you have more of an ability to knock down the fire with all the water and, and buy yourself some time for those companies that are coming in to refill you. And you know, this guy, he'd been a fire chief for quite a, quite a while. He'd been in the fire service for, you know, probably 30 some years. And, and he looked at us and, and, you know, really was like, wow, I didn't really think about that, but you make a really good point. So when you're able to then pull these types of conversations out you get to see how other people are doing things. They get to see how you are doing things, or both of you could go. I've never seen a situation like that, uh, but let's talk about it and let's let's figure out how to best work this situation for the best outcome. You know, and those are are incredibly helpful. You know, one last thing that I was able to reflect on after my my time was my character. This one gets a little deep. You know, after so many years, after 10 years in the fire service, you know, I, I sat back and said, well, what did this create? And it, it created who I am. It created a guy that is extremely, you know, attentive to detail. That is a go-getter. That is a truth teller. That is a bit of a rogue and we will just, say it how it needs to be said, because if you say it any other way, things could get misconstrued. You know, that's fireground talk. You need something done, you tell someone what you need done, and you don't sugarcoat it. <laughs> I, I guess that we should all talk that way. You know, it, it created someone that's compassionate, someone that's empathetic, you know, a, a good clinician in medical someone that's very confident you know i i can name off a ton of characteristics about myself that when i when i look back 10 years i attribute a lot of them to the fire service or you know at least the rounding of a lot of my characteristics to the fire service you know i grew up with my grandpa that was chief my dad that, you know that was a firefighter then a captain you know and then and then me this has been in this has been in my in my genes you know so there's just a lot of things that i'm able to go back and say you know this it did this for me and i'm sure that all of you listening can do the same thing you know anyone that has you know between 2 and 25 years on or more You can go back and say, I am this way because of this job. You know, I I challenge you to do that. Go back and look at the characteristics of you and think about what you actually attribute to those characteristics being part of you. And I guarantee that most of you are going to find that the fire department is, is what made you the way that you are. But at the end of the day, when that last call has ended and we finally make the decision that, you know, uh, it's okay, you know, it's time to hang up the turnout gear, to put the boots down and take the helmet off for the last time, Where where does that leave us? Where does that leave our our mental health? Well, I'm going to tell you, your, your mental health, whatever is going on, whatever has been going on, is not magically going to go away because you decided to step away from the job. Just like everything else we've been talking about, your mental health is going to stay with you and it's still going to be something that you battle and cope with every day. So, you know, look at the last episode, maybe stepping away takes away some triggers. You know, you're not getting those calls. You you're not necessarily hearing the the station tones going off anymore that could be a trigger response for you. But, you know, at the, at the end of the di- at the end of the day and and you know, once that turnout gear is hung up, we still have a fight to fight here. We still have to change this stigma on mental health and the fire service. Personally, I'm going to continue this fight to change the status quo. You know, as far as the podcast goes, we're still here. We're still going to keep pushing. We're still going to keep fighting. We are here for you 100% of the way. Because if we are not here fighting, what good have we done? Nothing. You know, I may not be walking in and out of the doors of the firehouse as much as I used to. You know, I may not be doing it at all anymore. That doesn't make me not a fireman. That doesn't make me you know no longer a part of the brotherhood because that that's not the truth. Once you're in it, you're always in it. We're always here for you. You know, so after the after the change. You know, you always bring out some great stories. I remember back, you know, I used to be I used to be the head guy in, in EMS training. Um, you know, for probably 3-4 years, I ran the majority of the of the in-house EMS trainings that we did for our people, and we had a blast with it. And you know, one of the things that that sticks out, one of the trainings that that sticks out very very well to me is I was on on shift, and I remember like thinking to myself, what what can we do for training? You know, what really can we do for training? And I wanted to be uh, something that was very hands-on, and I got the great idea of trauma training. And I went to the chief, and I said, hey, I need the chief's car tonight for training, Uh, and... And I'm not going to tell you anything more, <laughs> and I didn't, and I didn't at all. So he gave me the keys, and you know he gave me this really weird look, like, "What are you going to do with this?" And I walked away. I took the keys, and I walked out of the office. So, you know, throughout the day, I had found some of our our fake blood that we had, you know, used for mock stuff, and I mixed it down in a water in a water bottle, and you know, in a spray bottle. And I took our backup ambulance and I put it back behind the station and I took the chief's car, put the the mannequin in it that we had, the rescue Randy, hung him out the door. And, you know, this was like a car versus tree scenario. You know, I, I, I had the, the chief's car sideways in, in the little, you know, lane that we had, you know, the front of it up against a tree in the back of the station. And then we had obviously the ambulance there. So I wanted our people to be able to run this like a real call. And, you know, my, my big thing on this was initiating care before we start the actual extrication process. So no, we're not using extrication tools because obviously it's the the chief's car. So, you know, do what you need to do, but no, you're not getting him out right away and I'm not going to let you get him out right away. And, you know, I, I remember, you know, once they got him out, there was, oh, hey, he has like, you know, a, a ephemeral arterial bleed and I'm like spraying his leg with this spray bottle and all this red dyed water is just going everywhere and it's staining everybody else (laughs) and and you know these these are things that we, we you know we put time into we put effort into and at the end of the day they come out really well and that's something that I can look back on and be proud of be proud of what I was able to do You know, the the one year I ran uh, the prom promise for the school, which, you know, was a mock car accident. And this was an incredible event. You know, so I started out with a ton of people that were, oh, I'm going to help you with this. And it turned out to be about three people that actually helped. And it was a lot to do. A lot, a lot to do. Um, You know, I had inner inner, uh, agencies coming in and you know, we were, we were timing this out. We wanted this to look like it was going to be, you know, timed out to the actual response times that we would have for the designated area that we set that we were, you know, displaying that this car accident was in. Um, I have a ton of pictures from it. I will actually throw those up on my Instagram. Uh, we had a blast doing it. It was a ton of fun. And you know, it's, so it's those things that now I can look back on and really be proud of some of the things that I accomplished. Those are two things that I, you know, the trainings that I was able to provide to help better the people that were around me and the, the experiences that I was able to give, you know, these high school kids by this mock car accident was incredible. And you know, it's those things that when when we look back at our careers, you know, there's no reason to, to, you know, get depressed because we're moving on. There's no reason to add to our mental health strain. Look back at the good times that you had and all the good things that you were able to do and be proud of the service that you gave. You know, if you were able to help one person increase their education, be proud of that. So with me stepping away from from the fire department, you know, one of the big things for for the podcast... That that is going on is this gives us a bit more transparency with you guys, the listeners. So there, there initially um, after I think we got out like the first two or three podcasts, there was some concerns that were brought up uh, by the city that you know I may have been in violation of you know ABC social media policy. Or uh, was divulging inappropriate information of the city, and that wasn't it at all. Um, this was more, I, I feel, of kind of a personal hit. You know, someone made a complaint, blah blah blah, uh, but I I remain very careful of uh, stating open facts. Uh, I. I still am very careful about naming, you know, the, the name of the department, you know, but now that I'm no longer a, a part of this department, it does add, a, a it takes away a, a bit of the opaqueness that I had to have after some of these uh, inadequate claims were were made and looked into. And, you know, this is one of the things that I'm actually really excited about because this does lift off a bit of the curtain on what I can and can't discuss and what I can share as far as the Instagram page goes. You know, obviously, we're not going to violate any HIPAA stuff and anything like that. But this does allow for a few more uh, intricate (laughs) details into, you know, some of the stuff that I was able to do with the department. And, and I'm, I'm actually super excited about that. You know, once uh, the city found out that, you know, no names were actually being said and, and no information was being divulged in the podcast and and blah, blah. Um, you know, they did kind of pull back, but I think it was, I, I really think that that was a bit of a personal thing that was going on. Um, But it's okay. So at the end of the day, when we get down to, my leaving of the fire department. There were a lot of aspects that went into it. You know, we kind of talked about this in the very beginning, you know, family, being able to spend time with family, being able to spend time with friends and, and moving on in the adventure of life and what my next steps are. A um, couple things. I recently was able to interview with and accepted a, a job offer for a healthcare enterprise. I'm extremely excited about it. Uh, and you know, we'll, we'll see where that adventure goes, uh, extremely excited. This, these are opportunities that, you know, most of the time, uh, being, being where I'm at in school don't really, really present themselves, but it attributes back to my, my 10 years of, of service, uh, with EMS and with a fire department that I was able to uh, do what I, what I'm getting ready to start. Uh, just like any other fire department, obviously there's politics that that get involved. There's politics that that, that become way too apparent uh, and way too open than what they actually need to be, and and that's just it, it it creates some animosity. It creates some tension, and this this really makes the job of volunteering not as fun as it used to be. Unfortunately, you know, when you go like I did, you know, where you are, you know, a regular guy in the fire department and then you are a captain and then because of some political things, you step down from that position. Now you're back to being a regular guy. You know, you still get pulled into a lot of those politics. And I I just I am not extremely happy about that. And that was one of the reasons uh, for me to decide that for myself and my family, it was just time for me to take that next step in life. Uh, and and walk away, but you know what this does? Incredible thing! What this does? What I'm most excited about is this allows the podcast to grow and expand, and us to keep going with it. So why are we here? Why are we here? As you know, help from the line. We're here to help others. I've had this talk with quite a few people in the past. You know, I started this podcast with a a a thought that probably only five people would listen to it. And I was okay with that. Well, five people are going to listen to my podcast. And it's really not a big deal if only five people listen to my podcast, because if I can help one out of those five, then I've accomplished my goal and I'm happy with it. And now it's kind of turned into this big thing. And and I, I am loving it. I really like it. And I feel now that... I really have the ability with this podcast to be able to help those that may not know that they need help yet. I've been there. I've been with every one of you. It's a hard thing to do. But what I want to be able to accomplish with this podcast is I want to be that person that reaches down and offers my hand to you to pull you out of this hole that you might be stuck in. That's my goal with this. My goal is to help anyone out that needs the help. I'll always be here for you. As always guys, you know that you can reach out to us on our Instagram, on Facebook. You can email uh, at gmail.com. if you have any questions, we'll address them on the show. And you know anything that you want to talk about. If you, you know, want to come on the show as a guest, send us an email. You know, get up in one of our social media feeds. Let us know what's going on. You know, I do have some more um, guests set up to come on the show. Just with schedules right now, everything's been a little bit crazy. But I, I think that here soon, we're actually going to have some time to bring people on. You know, so a couple last things that that I want to talk about before we go. So, I was able to have an incredible conversation with a friend the other day. You know, so we worked on critical care together and you know, we were talking about my resignation from the fire department and, you know, she goes, Tyler, I didn't want to, you know, just step up and ask you right away. So I wanted to give you some time before, you know, I, I contact you to ask you what was going on. So, you know, her and I have a conversation about everything that was going on, you know, my resignation, everything like that. And, you know, she spent quite a bit of time in the fire service as well. You know, she was over 20 year veteran and, you know, still works in, you know, in medical and in healthcare. And, you know, I I have to laugh because she's like, you leaving wasn't what you thought it was going to be, was it? And I'm like, you know what? You really kind of hit the head on that one because no, it's not. And, you know, and and she let me in. She said, Tyler, it, it never is. And, she let me in on a lot of things that I guess now, you know, where I'm at, I didn't really think about them. But being able to reflect back on everything, I, I'm I'm able to now. You know, we talked about how, you know, I'm no longer Tyler the firefighter. And she explained to me, well, that's because you you gained character and you learned your character and you learned who you are and you learned who you are in this world. And it's not just being Tyler the firefighter. Because there's so much more to you. Than just that. And after our conversation. I really. And and you know who I'm talking about. You know who you are. And I want to get you on this show. And I think that it would be phenomenal. And I'm sure that we can set that up soon. Thank you. Because. I know that you and I have this mutual respect for each other. Where. I have had the opportunity to mentor you a bit. You have mentored me a ton. I do think of you as a mentor in this. And I want to thank you because our conversation the other day really changed my mood on, on everything that was going on. Up until then, I, I might have been a little bit sour. I was still going through my, you know, a little bit of reflection process. But thank you because our conversation helped me tremendously. So guys, I want to thank you for listening to another episode. Hopefully we're actually going to be back to weekly episodes. That's really our goal. I know that it's not Friday. We're, you know, we're we're pushing this one out early. You know, leave some comments. Let us know what you're thinking. You can also comment, you know, on the platforms that you're listening to and, and let us know what your thoughts are. You know, get a hold of us about anything you want to. Help from the line at gmail.com. Send us some questions. We'll we'll answer them on the show. And as always, thank you for listening. Have a good night.